Welcome to the Practical Mystic Show, where we bring you simple tips and techniques from around the globe to help practical people deal with extraordinary experiences. And now, your favorite scientist, shaman, and sacred clown, and also the show's host, Janine Bolin. Thank you for joining us today on The Practical Mystic. I'm so excited by the first guest that we're going to have today, and her name is Tara Fournier of MyDivineCompass.com. But I guess before I get launching into all that, I should tell you that I'm Janine Bolin. Hello, I'm your Practical Mystic today, and what we do in this very quick 30-minute show is introduce you to all the spiritual people that are in our world that are doing positive, good things. So if you want some decent, positive news about what's happening and how people are changing their worlds and their communities for the better, this is the place that you tune in. So like I said, today we have a wonderful author, speaker, coach, teacher named Tara Fournier, and she comes to us from www.mydivinecompass.com. Tara encourages people to ask questions about life. Not only is she really good, and I've found this in my own life, not only is she really good at understanding where you are, but she has walked her own path of success, not only in her career, but also energetically by taking certain aspects of her own life and using them through the multiple certifications that this woman has had. She's everything from a mind-body wellness practitioner. She does the yoga, transformational life coach. She helps with assertiveness training, holistic health, and to top it all off, does that Reiki thing that everybody hears about that's wonderful. Her journey, though, started when, I guess, about 19 or 2007. That was her, when she uh, led her own conscious awareness through daily habits. And then she started living the type of life she always had wanted for herself. Then, uh, as she began asking certain questions of everything, kind of doing the Descartes thing, because Rene Descartes put himself in a cabin for three months. Well, Tara didn't have to do that. She instead just started really questioning everything from her societal belief system on down and assumed that nothing was her own, very much again like Renee, and uh, the veils began to lift. And then she decided she had come up with such great answers to her questions that she wanted to assist other women. The Practical Mystic Show is brought to you by Yoga DeVita. Yoga DeVita is a modern practice using various forms of Hatha Yoga to create flow, interest, and challenge for all levels. Yoga DeVita offers a variety of classes, including gentle yoga for those with physical limitations. If you'd like individual attention for your yoga practice, choose a private individual or group session. Owner and instructor Don DeVita is certified in multiple forms of practice. Yoga DeVita of South Carolina. View class and event schedules at yogadevita.com. Tara, thank you so much for helping empowering women to live their own lives their own way. Uh, Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Janine, so much. I feel so blessed and grateful to be on the show. It's good to have you. So let's just go ahead. uh, Now that people understand what an authority you are and they they understand how I'm excited to have you on the show, uh, Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and get into some of the, the questions that are the meat of what you teach. So... First of all, what got you started? What was the thing that triggered you into mysticism and spirituality? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I, I've always viewed myself as being a spiritual person, but at the time when I really started to question what is going on in my life and where am I headed, it was only years after that that I realized what mysticism was, and apparently I was a- acting as a mystic and didn't even know it. 
but I would say about 2007, I started looking around my life and talking with my friends and asking them questions like, don't you think there's more to life than just getting up and going to work and coming home and making dinner and going to bed and getting up and doing the same thing over again? And (laughs) a lot of people would look at me like, what? What are you talking about? And now I just see how simple that one thought really is, but yet we're so trained to think that that's just how life is. And so these questions just started coming to me. I, to be honest with you, I wasn't searching for them. It just happened. And I would find myself getting on the internet and Googling, you know, different topics. And when I would read about them, I didn't even understand what, what it was saying. Or I would find myself at the bookstore being, you know, called over to a different section of books and opening up a book and, and reading part of it and saying, what, what, what is this thing? So there was a good few couple, I'd say a good solid two years of that happening. And then in 2009, I left a relationship. And as soon as I did that, everything opened up for me. And those books and, and websites I had been Googling and all of that, all of a sudden, everything started to make sense. It was like my mind and my heart opened. And I just became the sponge. I, I couldn't get in enough information because all of a sudden I was realizing that I was understanding what it was saying. Like, like I actually already knew that information within, but I didn't know that I knew that. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, some of the Hindu saints talk about, I know that I know that I know. It's one of the most challenging parts of a spiritual gift that we call clairsentience, which is yes. it's your inner self knowing what you need to do to move forward. You're not telling anyone else what to do, but mm-hmm. you're trying to move forward. So, so you had this amazing understanding of yourself and you had to move out of a relationship in order for you to expand. So did you have a a list or were you doing goal setting? I mean, how did you handle that expansion? Well, I was definitely making sure that I was alone because I was a habitual relationship dater up to that point. And I realized through my own issues (laughs) that I was trying to fill the hole inside me with things that were outside of me. And Mm. once I realized that I could start to fill that hole that I really didn't even know was a hole, but once I started to fill this hole with, with my own uh, personal growth and learning and journey, I was, I just became so filled inside that for the first time in my life, I was like, wow, I don't want to be in a relationship with anyone else. Uh, This feels really good being in a relationship with myself. And I hadn't really experienced that at the time. So I I spent a lot of time, a good uh, two years of really getting to know myself, really deeply getting to know who I was and stripping away all of these beliefs that I was basically, you know, I had assumed as my own through society, through family, through religion, all of that. And I started realizing I don't have to own that. That doesn't have to be mine. 
because I don't even believe that. So when you talk about the stripping process, um, as you know, I'm trained as a scientist, and so I have used scientific minds to describe these processes. But as we move into mysticism, which is the personal communication, one-on-one communication with our authority, whether you want to call it higher self, God, source, whatever, creator, um, that's what the definition of mysticism is in my world. But as you talk about this stripping away process, everybody kind of finds a way to do that for themselves. And so can you describe a little bit about what that meant? What does that look like for you? For you, how did you strip away those societal mores and religious cues and emotional uh, layers that were not your own? Mm-hmm. So I grew up uh, in a religion, went to private school, and, um, you know, it was when I began this spiritual journey that I started asking the questions, just naturally asking the questions of what I had been taught. For example, one of the questions, there's two that are really big, but one, one is the kingdom of God is within you. So we've heard that, you know, it's in the Bible. I grew up believing that. But when I really said, what does that actually mean? Not just okay, the kingdom of God is within you. You take it for what, what those words are and, and that's it. But really having in-depth conversation around that, that one and you are made in the likeness and image of God. What does that mean? So when I started asking those questions to myself, not from a religious point of view, because truthfully, growing up in a religion, I was never asked to go deep within those questions themselves. So when I started to go deep into that, you are made in the likeness and image of God, all of a sudden I began to realize that God is this amazing creator, and that means I must be too. And the kingdom of God is within you. For that part, it told me, I I have everything within me. All my answers are within. Source lives within me. I'm an extension of spirit. I use God, universe, spirit, source now as meaning all the same, but growing up, I always viewed God as this masculine, you know, creator. Things have shifted in that too. But those two belief systems, the kingdom of God is within you and you are made in the likeness and image of God. When I really started asking myself, what do those mean and how can I apply those in my life? Not from a religious perspective, but from a spiritual perspective, that really was a huge shift in opening for me. Right. So when you say not in a religious perspective, but in a spiritual perspective, would you embellish a little bit on that? Sure, sure. So, um, to me, spirituality is God-made and religion is man-made. So, man, so religion to me is, is doctrine. You know, here are the set of rules and these are the words we've been given. Here, read this and believe it. And spirituality to me is what, so there are these words and these questions, but but then how does that apply to you? How does that make you feel? What comes up for you? There's a ton of other questions that surround spirituality, not, n- not in questioning spirituality, but understanding that 
your view of spirituality is could be different from mine, but that spirituality is more found within us where I feel like religion is more outward. You know, it, it's, uh, again, something that has a belief system that we are asked to follow, I guess. That's a, that's a good definition. Because of my scientific training, I always ask people for their personal definitions just so that we know where we're standing. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the biggest challenges we have in the metaphysical community when we start talking about spiritual gifts and spirituality as opposed to religion is that's where definitions can get a little foggy. And so thank you for explaining that from your mm-hmm. perspective because then we can all be on the same page. So I appreciate that. When you had these two, you had these two statements that were kind of your focus. This, these were where you were going to spend most of your time clearing and working on your own personal stuff. So as you move through that shedding process of getting rid of old beliefs that no longer helped you or made you happy, and as you went forward with your uh, expansion, how did the focus and shedding of old belief structures and putting these two paramount uh, concepts in your psyche, how did that start expressing itself? What did what happened to you not only physically and emotionally, but how did that change your life? Because you obviously then move forward from this with this mindset. So what did mm-hmm. that look like? Well, what I started realizing, and I hope this answers your question, uh, but what I started realizing is as a woman in, you know, this lifetime, When I started asking questions and realizing I could say no to things, I began to feel more empowered. And that that was a huge shift shift in itself because I had always been this people pleaser. Um, And when I started to realize that this own shift was happening, you know, I was having my own shift, um, this empowerment feelings started to rise up within me that I had not felt before. And I, when I say empowerment, I mean, for me as a human being, as a spiritual being, as a woman in this lifetime, I started to feel more courage. I started to feel like I was in control of my life. Whereas when I look back, I feel like my life was kind of controlling me. And that, again, just kept the evolution of this growth happening. So does that answer your question? (laughs) It does actually very well, because it's taking us down a road that I think a lot of women struggle with. I know I did. And that is uh, how control is established through fear. Right. And and so with women, we feel a lot of fear. And to be able to actually stand up to somebody and say no uh, challenges us at a very deeper level. Uh, this is the example I like to use. When a man walks down a hallway and sees another man approaching, one of the things I love about the folks who talk to me is they have shared with me that the very first thought is, oh, yeah, I can take him. And that was shocking to me the first time I had ever heard that, that when 
one man and another man are walking, they're sizing each other up to see who will win, who, will, who can take who. And it's, it's done so fast. And so it's almost subconscious, okay? It's not really thought process. It's mm-hmm. just, oh, yeah, I could stand my own. Whereas a woman, when you're walking down a hallway and another person is walking towards you, and it, depending upon your perspective, it could be anyone, you're looking for where are the exits, you know, how do I get, if I get into a tight spot, can I get out quickly? And so it's almost fight or flight. Men, first response, fight. Women, flight. And so when you say no, you're engaging life at a very different level. Uh, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Thank you for sharing. You know, that also ties in, That what comes up for me when you say that is, In our society, a young boy is taught to be tough, whereas a young girl is taught to be nice. And so for some reason, I think as young girls grow up into women, we think that being nice means always saying yes or always going along with what the norm is. And... What I have found in my own journey is that saying no, let's take this for example. Let's say your friend calls you up and asks you to do something and you really do not have time to do it, but that, you know, be nice and, you know, basically kind of go along with everything comes in and then you're like, okay, yeah, sure, I can do that. But meanwhile, in your mind, you're like, how am I going to do this? Well, what I have found, when we do that, we end up putting negative energy into this exchange between yourself and your friend, just energetically speaking. Even if you do it, there's this feeling within you of, oh, I really don't have time for this. So even if you feel you're giving yourself, you know, and being that people pleaser and being nice and being helpful, you're injecting this negative energy into this exchange, which really is not helpful at all. When you can just say, you know what, I would love to help you, but I can't. I'm sorry. I have to say no. That's it. And you are honoring yourself and, and you're being truthful with the other person. So really, in essence, you're honoring them. So I I really think that getting out of this being nice, you know, young girls being being told you have to be nice doesn't mean that it's okay to be mean, but just when we hear different things like that growing up, we we become accustomed to believing that that's that's the truth. I agree with you, and and this leads us right where I wanted to go with you about the work that you're doing with your tribe. I love the way you have used that. You were using that long before it became popular, and I just wanted to honor you for that. This was a term you had used quite many, many years ago before it was popular with the My Divine Compass. Okay, so speak to us a little bit about with your awakening and your stripping down your emotional layers and finding out who you really were in essence, what started to manifest the business or the tribe of my divine compass. So talk to us a little bit about how an individual hearing you could strive to find their own compass. So yeah, that is what my divine compass is about is each individual. They're using their own intuition to navigate through life. And that's where 
the you know that's how the title of my divine compass the the brand came about was what my divine compass has evolved to is a group of us women who are encouraging other women to stand up within themselves and to rise and stretch a little more outside of our comfort zone and women can get on the website and there's nine of us currently and we're still growing. Um, and we talk about all different kinds of things, spirituality, holistic health, uh, herbalism, personal growth, personal fitness, mind, body, spirit, everything. And, and like I said, we're still growing, but it, the purpose is to allow other women to explore that's really what it comes down to is allowing other women to explore. So, for example, what resonates with me in my journey may not resonate with you in your journey, but you might resonate with something else, with someone else on the website and what they're, they're saying. You know, it kind of comes back to me. I was actually thinking about this this morning. Uh, spiritual teachers and I think we have put so much emphasis on the teacher themselves versus the lesson that they're sharing. And, you know, we're all people, you know, even, even we're, all, we're spiritual beings in this human form, but, but yet we're still people sharing our own perspective of, of everything. And, there's so many lessons that we can learn from people, but once that lesson is learned, it doesn't mean that we're stuck to that spiritual teacher, you know, putting that particular teacher on a pedestal. It's, it's the lesson that we, we got to learn out of it. So again, kind of coming back full circle here with my divine compass, it isn't about someone just finding me alone and feeling like they resonate with everything with me because I know that there's so many other gifts that other women have to share out there that I want to be the connector. I want to help connect women to each other so that they can get their full potential uh, of, of their journey. Right. Well, Tara, thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself and your purpose and your own intimate journey as you went about learning who you are. And I wanted to let the listeners know that on October 1st, you will be initiating a six-week course on Balancing Your Living Blueprint. It's going to be an email-based course. They'll have a video. There's going to be a group coaching call and all that, but I was just really impressed with the price. And so if you want to learn more information about that, uh, something that Tara has offered to you, uh, whoever is listening, is that you go to her website, www.mydivinecompass.com, and there's a newsletter there that you can join the tribe, give her your email address, and then she'll let you know when those uh, continuing courses come online, uh, working on books. She's, like I said, a very busy teacher. So, Tara, thank you for coming to us live from Prescott, Arizona. I appreciate your time today, and we look forward to having you on the show again later on. 
Thank you so much for this opportunity. Also, next week we have a wonderful mystic who will be coming on, Jason Analak, and he is a metaphysician who has learned how to deal with the Akashic Records in a rather novel way to help with healing of the individual. So stay tuned for our next episode next week. Until then, have a great day, and thank you for tuning in to The Practical Mystic Show. This has been The Practical Mystic Show with Janine Bolin. For show notes, resources, and more, visit the8gates.com. Thanks for listening.